Hello, feely humans. Welcome to another episode of Yumi Empathy. This podcast has been going on for over five years, which is bonkers to me. Wherever you're listening, however long you've been a part of this journey, I'm grateful for you. Thank you for being a part of it. Thank you for listening and connecting and perhaps relating to our beautiful guests. And today's guest on episode 246 is Kim Johnson. Kim is building community at Geneva, a New York City-based messaging app for clubs, groups, and communities of all shapes and sizes. Really grateful for Kim in this conversation. We get deep on community and what that means. Uh, we recorded this back in, I believe it was August of 2022. So I, uh, it's been some time since we connected. And, and since we connected, I've launched a membership community. Not on Geneva. Sorry, Kim. My needs were a little bit different, but Geneva is a special thing. Uh, launched it on Heartbeat. And I'll get into that in a bit. Um, but I, I want to share a little bit about what community means to me. I really didn't get into too much detail uh, in the conversation. But since launching the membership community, and if you want to learn more about that, and please join. You can join as a free member. You can join as a paying member. If you, for some reason, for many reasons, many valid reasons, can't afford to join as a paid member, please, please Email me, hello at feelyhuman.co, hello at feelyhuman.co. If you want a sliding scale option, if you if you want 50% off for your lifetime or for six months or whatever, I, I, I truly don't want money. Money's dumb. I don't want it to be a, a obstacle to this community that, that we're building together. So if you go to feelyhuman.co slash membership, Link is in the show notes for this episode as well. feelyhuman.co slash membership. You can learn more about the community and about uh, what we're building over there. Um, But I wanted to share a little bit about what community means to me. And I want to ground that in what I, I, I came up with in terms of our community agreements, which I share on the membership page as well as inside the community. And I'm just going to kind of read through these and and sort of comment on them as I go. So these are the Feely Human Membership Community Agreements, and the first one being lead with empathy. If there's a core to what it means to be a Feely Human, it's empathy. Empathy is about meeting people and ourselves where they are. As you step into the space, remember to lead with empathy always. Empathy is our foundation. <clears throat> so the commentary here is that empathy is crucial. It's it's what this podcast is about. It's what Feely Human is rooted in. And it's something that we need not take for granted. You know, I've said many times before that it's not a checkbox. It is a active, ongoing, messy affair, uh, power, superpower. And it could be used to manipulate. It could be used to uh, com- completely sort of deny ourselves and, and bypass parts of ourselves that Maybe you're uncomfortable, and it can be used also to um, also to just kind of ignore certain things in 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 our lives and um, used incorrectly uh, if there is a correct way. And I, I think that's that's different for each person. But empathy for me is messy. It's ongoing. It's mushy. It's reflective of the universe and our world, and uh, we need boundaries as part of empathy. We need scrutiny and curiosity and uh, bias uh, awareness and, and, and assumption awareness and all of that. It's not just like, uh, you know, let's be kind to one another. It's, it's much deeper than that. It's about listening and being present and, and examining all of that all at once. Everything, everywhere, all at once. So that's the first. The second one is listen actively. I'm going to just go through the rest of these and not read them because I'm already like making this forever long. But second one's listen actively. Third one's honor privacy. Share the space. Acknowledge intent and impact. Embrace discomfort. Practice vulnerability. Honor intersectionality. Brave space. Accept feedback. Ask for help. And it's not therapy. As you know, I've, I've often said on the show, I'm not a therapist. I am a silly boy with lots of big feelings. 
and some experiences, but I'm not a therapist. The root of, you know, one of the things I also have talked about and I reflected on briefly in my conversation with Kim is that as we, as I build, as we build together community, there is a, a, a there has to be an awareness of, of what safety means for each of us. You know, I can't ever presume what safety means for you, listener. I can know, maybe <laughs> sometimes know, not completely know what it means for me, but I can't presume what it means for you. I am a white cis het man living in the world. I have privilege. I have uh, a certain amount of, 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 privilege from like being scrutinized or 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 ridiculed or certainly abused by these systems you know and so i show up in the world in differently than you may and and part of empathy is about meeting people where they are and what what does that look like right what does that truly look like in terms of community is it allowing for people to show up in the way they need to, right? So I have this new membership community and what does that look like? So what is what is showing up for you look like and what is showing up for me look like? And how can we honor both of those things and how can I not sort of you know be be tested or 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 um disconcerted over, you know, maybe what I perceive to be a quote-unquote lack of participation, right? You know, maybe that lack of participation is connected to your boundary and what what maybe doesn't feel safe for you yet to participate or to 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 show up in the way that that you want to show up eventually. My hope is that we get there, but like I can't presume that, and and that's unfair of me to do because it's not honoring uh, honoring the intersectionality of your human experience. And so I've been thinking about this a lot with the community that we're building and. And this reality that like, yes, I put it together, but the reality is like, it's been a long time coming and it, it's been, it's been sort of fostered and, 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 and ruminated on in connection with all of you, with the listeners, with, with the feely human community, with the folks who have attended my workshops and the folks who've listened and, and reflected back on this podcast and, and shared with me how it has impacted them or how it has help them see something new or related to a guest. All of that is integral to where we are with this community now and where I am as a human. And I like I that is invaluable. It's 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 you can't even put that into words, that valuable piece of 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 this connection we have together. And so, you know, there is a there is a tendency toward like community builders in the world or content creators or whatever, like just people, white men, who tend toward like <sighs> relying on the fact or, or or highlighting the fact, you know, on social media or, or their blogs or whatever, um, their tattoos, their license plates, that they did this alone, right? That they they are they are masters of their own domain. They are kings of the world. They they pulled themselves up by the their, by their brute bootstraps brute straps mm, I like that and that they had no help along the way which is just not true you know it's not true right I think of the the you know the people who've helped me along the way um and I it, it's all of you really like I I wouldn't keep doing this podcast if it weren't for people who I know are listening yes do I want to hear from you from time to time? Yes, because it's lonely sometimes. But truly, if you're not listening, then, you know, I may not do it. And it, it just goes back to we need each other. We grow in connection with each other. We, we learn about our differences. We learn about our blind spots in connection with community. It's why I'm building this membership community. It's why we are building this membership community. I don't want to be a king of this domain. Like I want, I truly want to build it together. And that may be naive, right? I may be missing something there that I'm not seeing yet. And I, I, am, I am open to that. And I want to talk about that. And I want to get uncomfortable in that space, reflecting on that. But we can't do it alone. We're not meant to, whatever that means. God or universe or, or you know, 
the great flying spaghetti monster, whatever it may be, we're not meant to be alone in this. I don't know if any of you are watching the, the show The Last of Us on HBO Max. It's, it's very dark. And there's episode three, I believe, was one of the more beautiful episodes I've ever seen on television. It's kind of a what they call a bottle episode where it's, it's, it's separate from the main story. It's connected, but it's a little separate. And it's just this beautiful, mostly a two-hander, which means like two characters in it. And it's about love. It's about us needing each other. It's really stunningly beautiful. It made me cry. And if anything, if you're not gonna if you're not open to like end of the world apocalyptic dark stories and you just want to see this episode, I highly recommend it. It's episode three. Murray Bartlett and uh Nick Offerman star in it, and it's just stunning. And it just reminds me of why we need each other. Okay? Okay. I just I'm I am a broken record about this stuff, but I I I know that I need the reminder in the face of fucking capitalism and and you know entrepreneurship and these fucking systems that you know i i used to work at this job that i i i liked for the most part and i liked the people and i thought i i was valued there and ultimately i was not and it's just another system that just keeps plugging away and telling people that they're you know fucking individualists beacons of strength and it's about making more money and and what I, you know it's just it's it's not for me it's not for me and i i i understand that you being a feely human that it's probably not for you too so all of that to say here's my pitch with all of the the sincerity and and deep heartfeltness and and beauty and 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 weirdness that i am i would love to have you join our membership community Yes, it costs money to join as a paid member. And that feels icky to me, and I don't like that. And like I said at the top, if the cost to you is a burden to joining, don't let it be. I will, I will, you name a number and I will allow it. I will let you in because I don't want money to be an obstacle to this space. And if you want to just come and, and check it out and see what's available, Join as a free member. I would love that too. And I love you. And I I appreciate you listening to me babble on, which by the way, Babylon uh, is a movie <laughs> uh, starring Rory Scovel, uh, who was on the show recently. And I haven't seen it yet. And I'm sorry if you're listening to this, Jordan or Rory. I apologize. I want to. I really do. Um, because I like the director and I love Rory. And I love you, Jordan, if you're listening. Any hoozles. Thank you for listening to me, Babylon, <laughs> the movie, starring Rory Scovel. And thank you for being a part of this space with me and this podcast. And I love you. And I hope you enjoy this episode with the wonderful Kim Johnson. Here we go. Welcome to You, Me, Empathy, the official podcast of the Feely Human Collective. On this show, we explore the struggles, the triumphs, the brights, and the darks we face as humans trying to be human on this wondrous and overwhelming pale blue dot. You, Me, Empathy was created so that we can be witness to our collective humanity through the lens of empathy, vulnerability, and emotional curiosity. We aim to destigmatize mental health, lead fiercely with our hearts, feel our feelings without shame and judgment, and share our courageous stories so that others may feel less alone and more connected as feely humans. Yumi Empathy is a brave place designed to inspire the beauty in each of us. 
because each of us in all of our kaleidoscopic parts makes up a magical whole that deserves to be seen. Today, I am grateful to connect with community builder, nurturer, and grower, and head of community at Geneva. It's Kim Johnson. Hello, Kim. Hello. I'm so happy to be here. I loved that. Thank you. I'm very happy you're here uh, talking about community. This is actually top of mind for me as someone who's mm. in the process of doing trying some big things with Feely Human, but we can get into that in a bit later. We always kick off the show with an emotional check-in. How are you feeling? How am I feeling? Honestly, I when I got on this call, I was a bit frazzled. I've had a day of meetings. I've had one of those days where um, my lunch was cereal because it was the quickest thing that I could <laughs> do in between meetings, you know? And I actually feel now, after talking to you for like five minutes... I feel I'm taking a little bit of a deep breath. Like I, I feel like my day is coming to a nice end. Um, I'm having a drink with a new friend later, which I'm really looking forward to. So I feel like I'm coming off a little bit of a ride, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So most pertinent question there is what cereal? Was it tricks? <laughs> are you, are you, are you dealing with Okay. You know, cinnamon toast crunch. What do you what do you have it? <laughs> oh, I already know people are gonna be like, this girl is bougie. I got this, like, I don't know what it's called. Oh, I wish I could get the bag because I want to shout them out because it's really good granola. Okay. All <laughs> it's right. Granola. Um, I think it's called early bird or something like that. Granola. Mm-hmm. All right. It's so good. And I had it with blackberries and oat milk. Delicious. Sounds it was amazing. pretty good. Yeah. It was pretty good, I gotta say. No, I mean, that's that doesn't sound bougie. That sounds <laughs> you know, appetizing. The, yeah, yeah, it's very appetizing. The granola is, every time I buy it, I'm like, mm, this is more than I should be spending on granola. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, I hear that. Yeah, we I, all have our things. Yeah, I mean, uh, breakfast, it's the most important meal of the day. Hello. Hello. There we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and And meeting a new friend, that's exciting. Yeah, I'm really excited. And it's it's someone who this is going to be so awkward if she listens to this, but um, who we have mutually like observed each other's career paths. Mm. Um, and she sent me a note and she was like, I've always observed your career path and want to have a drink. And I love that kind of thing because I've been trying to lean into that more too. Not even on a trying to find like a mentor, but just like peers, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so I I was so tickled by that, and um, you know, and the drink is in my neighborhood too, which is always nice. You can walk to it. Great, such a good feeling in the summer in in New York, you know. Yeah. So there's something interesting there, which is, you know, you're head of community at Geneva. You're doing big things. You've done big things in the world. Um, you know, you're a person who is in charge of stuff you're you're leading you have a team you know it could be a lonely journey right hmm. like i feel the the wanting like i feel for me i feel i feel the wanting to have peers very strongly yeah you know what's so interesting about that it, it's true because when i started doing community which was what is this year 27 years ago now I was at a brand at a beauty company um, and I was building community there and that was 2015. And at the time, brands weren't really building community um, a ton. It wasn't something that they were investing in. Oftentimes, if you were doing community at a brand, you were working with influencers or you were doing social media. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, creating group chats and events for like our customers. And that wasn't something that I, I found a lot of people in my immediate space were like doing. And so I I really actually did always crave that for a long time when I was in that work. And now I feel really lucky because I mean, one, like I, 
Geneva is an app for communities. So I'm like surrounded by people who build community every day and it's like the best thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I think there is something to your point for me of like always getting really excited to meet new people, especially like young women who are in the space and like actively building in it and actively trying to, you know, find their own path in this space because I think community is, is, can mean everything and nothing, especially when it's your job, you know? And so, Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's always exciting for me to meet new people who are just like genuinely like building and looking to, to have conversation about it, you know? Right. Well, and there's maybe a distinction there is like, you're facilitating community building for other people and you're not necessarily part of those communities Mm -hmm. right and so like i i feel the pull of like yes i am building community and it's beautiful and it's wonderful and sometimes i feel like because i'm sort of the quote-unquote leader of said community i feel a little bit of a an outsider like i want to like ingratiate myself more i'm like hey i'm one of you yeah and it's true i am and also he's the founder or yeah you know she's the founder or whatever and there's there's sometimes feels uh maybe a societal um barrier there yeah it's really interesting that you say that because i i talk to i mean i talk to people all day every day it's like it's what i do and a lot of times i am talking to people who are figuring out and really excited about building a community, but they're trying to figure out the how, or they're in the beginning stages and they're like, you know, you know, they're just figuring their path with it. And, and one of the things that I always say that I really believe, and I think like, if you are building community, it it is a core acute experience that you have and you know it, if you experience it is like community building is a very vulnerable Mm. thing to do because community is so personal and um, it requires a level of like humility, I think, frankly, especially in the world that we're in today where everyone is so distracted. Like we're in such a distracted world, especially when it comes to the internet. Sure. And um, you know, when you're building a space for people, you want to build something that has meaning and depth of, of, of meaning for people. And so sometimes you're going to do things in the community where maybe you organize an event, right? And and you put energy into it and you put effort into it. And then people are like, well, I'm not really for I'm not really interested in that. That's not really for me. It might be for a range of reasons. And so it can be very vulnerable to feel like, oh my gosh, I'm like trying to do all these things for people, but the people aren't interested. Or um, but that's just like the that's that's the evolution of it all like mm-hmm. and and so i do think that there is something to to your point about i i kind of am in this interesting place where i work with a lot like a lot of my job is actually like helping other communities build their spaces for their people right. um and it's interesting and i and i often feel like a, a kind of like connection point you know my one mm. of my favorite things to do i mean that's obviously is why i could do community but one of my favorite things to do is like this person is trying to get over this hump and this person has just gotten over it mm-hmm. and they need to like come together like that kind of stuff i love um yeah yeah, yeah i don't know yeah i love that and i love this idea around vulnerability being sort of a rooted part of building community because ultimately like you know if i'm taking myself as an example the community is about some what is deeply in my heart right and that's inherently vulnerable right mm-hmm. and so if you're saying like i am building this thing and that's that's you know if you're interested in that thing great but there is there is going to be you're going to be disappointed Right. Yeah. In, in a way. Right. Because some people are not going to be into that thing or something, you know, whatever you're setting yourself up for feedback, criticism, which is great, which is what you need. And 
it's vulnerable. It's all those things. Yeah. And I think too, that what's a big adjustment for a lot of people um, in thinking about building community is we're really um, attuned to the idea with social media. We're really attuned to the idea of like crafting a narrative and building an Mm. audience. Right. And we're really attuned to like one way dialogue, honestly, like we're attuned to like, sharing things and then not really getting into depth of conversation about them. And we're attuned to like consuming content from other people or other entities. And then like, you know, thinking that it feeling like it's conversation, even though we're not really having a dialogue about it. Right. And, um, and so I think part of that, a large part of that vulnerability as well comes from the fact that like community is, it's not even two way dialogue. It's like multi-way dialogue or something. I don't know how to, how to phrase that but you know it is it is bigger than the the individual and so i think that that can also be um can also be scary when you're building community because you're you're kind of letting something go right like you're democratizing something and you hope that it works and you still feel responsible for it but also it's not fully yours Mm -hmm. um and and i think that is that's a big piece of it too so I, you know, the the collective piece of community is is near and dear to my heart. You know, this we live in a world that is, and and by world I mean maybe uniquely American culture, right? This this valorizing of of individualism, right? Which mm. is not necessarily a bad thing, though it can lead to some pretty toxic things. Mm-hmm. And the idea of building community as this i this this part of sort of this collective coming together and this idea that we grow in connection with each other and that requires the vulnerability of understanding that i'm going to learn new things i'm going to gain new perspectives i'm going to bump up against my own bias and assumptions about people mm-hmm. i have to be mindful of the intent and impact and how i show up in these spaces like all of that, you know, is like in, in my mind the the sort of the healthiest, most inclusive, like beautiful communities are really thoughtful about how they talk about those things and yeah. how they encourage their community members to, you know, lead with their hearts in those ways and allow them to be changed and moved. And that's deeply vulnerable. Totally. I I completely agree. I think, yeah, it's so interesting to see. I think a lot about like the evolution of like this idea of like a creator on mm. social media and, um, you know, the, the idea of, of the term creator, content creator, I think originated from YouTube, mm. right? Like the content creator identity originated on a platform where people are cre- like spending two hours plus creating mini television shows essentially like that's like yeah. how how much you know production and work can go into youtube um on their own mm-hmm. like they were doing it solo dolo yeah. and and of course obviously content creator has evolved to mean a lot of things encapsulate a lot of things um but what's really what i get really excited about especially in in relation to what we see and the kinds of communities that we see really thriving on geneva is i think there's this like new realm of creator content slash community creator that i'm just like really excited to see blossom over the next few years Mm. um of people who are they they go less from like building a a huge audience on a social platform to then having a community but rather like they a huge part of the thing that they've built is a community that they are a part of but like is so much bigger than them Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and it's really, really cool to just see, like, especially I say Gen Z, but like young people, Gen Z creators, quote unquote, building just like new kinds of ways of being on the internet, for lack of a better way to put it. Um, and I think that they're going to just like really revolutionize like what 
the social internet looks like. Like I think if there's a revolution of the social internet, it will come from those people. Um, I think about there's this creator who her name is Kate and she and her she's a podcast called What the Fuck is CMOS with her best friend Emma <laughs> all about wellness. They've created this like wellness meme page on Instagram that people <laughs> that has like a cult following mm-hmm. and they have a Geneva community of like 7000 people talking about wellness and um and I always look at them and I'm like what they're building is like into the future. You know, it's mm. it's more than like just one lane of conversation. It's more than one kind of way of content or storytelling or conversation. It's really, um, it's like the sum of its parts. Right. So when I think about something like Instagram, you know, and and I have a love-hate relationship with that platform, it does, you know, to speak to what you said earlier, it does feel often, especially of late, that I'm just speaking into the ether and no one's listening, right? There's no real connection happening. Yes, I have a like a, a you know, a mid-size audience, right? But audience is not necessarily community, right? And then when you can sort of build on a platform like Geneva or other places, right? It facilitate or hopefully it facilitates a bit more of what you're talking about so i'm curious Mm -hmm. about like what what are the what are the like tenants in your mind of a a platform and you could just speak to geneva's sort of tenants but like of a platform that truly facilitates what i want in a community which is like deep connection and um you know, conversation and challenging each other and getting together around ideas we're passionate about and not necessarily siloing ourselves into these ideas and becoming armored up against other ideas into the world, but a place where we can be who we are and grow in that beautiful way. Like, what are some of those, I guess, maybe the values of Geneva, but also a little bit of the the structure of it too, like what, what facilitates that? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I think there are a couple of things that come to mind for me, um, when it comes to how we think about the, the kind of tenets of being a community platform or community app. One is accessibility. I think the way that we've approached Geneva from day one has been intentionally a kind of sitting in between what feels like a group chat at the end of the day, like what feels in the ease of conversation and the way that, you know, you set up your space like a big group chat, Mm -hmm. but also has the kind of like robust tooling and flexibility and power, frankly, of a community platform that can serve tens of thousands of people in a group, right? and so sitting in between those two, kind of meeting both of those and, and sitting in between them was really important for us because I think at the end of the day, what we know is that it's so important on an app like ours for a member of your community to be able to come in and feel like, oh, this is my space to be, to share, to have conversation, right? That there isn't this like barrier or um, hierarchy dynamic of how mm. they can take part. Right. And so what was essential in order to do that is to make an app that feels like a group that, you know, a space that where you can make a space that feels like a group chat. Um, but then on the other side, for the builders or leaders of those communities to have all of the tools that they need um, to make community building more accessible to them, right? Like, I think one of the things that is um, less a topic of conversation when it comes to community is just how like logistically difficult it can be, frankly. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, because like I was at a brand before this and my days were usually spent in between Slack and email and social media and Zoom and a Google Calendar invite. Um, and that kind of complexity does not allow for someone who is not 
whose community is not in their job title to actually be able to build a community that they just want to exist um, in a way that's accessible to them. So it's a balance. The accessibility piece is really key because it's both for your members to be able to feel like this is intuitive to me. I get it. I've been here before in a sense. Um, And also for the community leaders to, to have the tools at their disposal to build as robust and complex a space as they wish, but in a way that is simplified for them so that they don't have to go through all of these hoops in order to make a community that they want. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So that's piece one. And then I would say piece two is um, safety. For us, we think about, I mean, I say safety in a really kind of like broad sense for sure. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, we think about safety and moderation in the app kind of at the ground level in the sense that like every the best tool that a community has to keep its space safe and to keep its conversation the way it wants is its members mm-hmm. um and is the people like the community the people make up the community and so um your people are everything when it comes to what your culture of your space is and everything like that and so we think a lot about safety from the member level and giving members the ability again in an accessible way to take part in the kind of ownership of the safety of the space. Um, and I would say safety and accessibility are probably the, the key things, but it's interesting because we're leaning into discovery more, mm-hmm. um, which I also think is really interesting and exciting because when we think about like, how do you, how, how, what are the tenants of being an app for communities? Accessibility, safety are key, but um, we're also seeing that there's so much desire for people who want to discover communities and conversations with people like them. Um, Mm. And so that's a really interesting one that we're just starting to tackle now of how do we, how do we help facilitate that for people so that um, a funny example is like thrifters in Dallas, which is a community on Geneva. Um, so the people who are in Dallas who love thrifting can find their people or, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. staff lit, which is a, a queer book club started by a TikToker, so that people on Geneva who want to take part in that can. Um, yeah. so that's another one that, that I think is an interesting one for us. Hmm. Hmm. I love all of that. Uh, the safety piece is interesting, right? I, I, and I've thought about it a lot, you know, especially, right? So in the conversations on this show, in the, the spaces that I hold, there are conversations around mental health, right? And, and I am not a mental health professional. So the disclaimer is always like, yes, I'm not a mental health professional. And we can talk about these things. But like the safety piece is, tricky in the sense and i'm curious to hear your thoughts about it i can't necessarily presume the safety of everyone meaning like everyone has their own ideas of what safe feels right so i've talked about this before so i as a white cis man you know shows up in the world and maybe feels more safe than another person who mm-hmm. doesn't have that inherent privilege right and so how do we how do we even have those conversations have you thought about that kind of thing mm. that is a really interesting question that i think all communities have to face and tackle and i think every community in that sense is quite different um, mm. in terms of, you know, how, what does safety look like for us? Um, what language is appropriate for us? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, we do have the, that conversation a lot. And I think the, the thing that I believe is like every community should be able to, to a certain degree, have the tools to be able to define what safety looks like for them. Mm-hmm. And I think that at the end of the day, it really does come back to what we were talking about earlier, which is that um, the community is is a collective. And so 
what I see a lot is that the people who are the most attuned to mm, this doesn't feel, you know, right for this space often and, and the quickest often are the members of the community first. Mm-hmm. And then the leaders respond, right? And uh, you know, oftentimes leaders are really tuned into that too. But but the there, I think communities that are really successful do a really good job of instilling that in just the culture um, as a through line. And so the members, you know, feel a sense of ownership of that, um, of of the maintenance of that. Um, yeah. And I think yeah. that that's really important. It's very important. I mean, it's the collective defining of what the space is. Like you said, yeah. community is not the person who f- creates it. It's the people within it, you know, mm-hmm. and you're constantly sort of shaping what that is, hopefully, right? And hopefully it's not a static thing, you know, hopefully right. it grows and ebbs and flows in a way that feels aligned to the people. Right, yeah? right, yeah. exactly. I'm curious, like, I think about you know, growing up and like what community looked like to me growing up. And I, like, I remember being part of the boys and girls club and that felt sort of fun uh, mm-hmm. for a while. And, you know, being on soccer teams and that's sort of its own type of community, right? Like, yeah. what, were you part of any communities growing up? Not not necessarily online communities, you know, um, yeah. but because I think community can be a term that can be used. Yes, you can create a, community on Geneva and that's beautiful and you know you have a hiking group and that's a community right like so I'm curious for you like were you part of any communities growing up as a kid as a teenager yeah for sure I mean I it's so funny because I mean even just pulled back from that what you're saying about community is really interesting because we think about community so digitally today Mm -hmm. by nature of like where we all are um but like when community at its core is like so many different things in our lives. And like it, I think, you know, I like hesitate to reference this because I feel like it's really kind of a little bit cliche at this point. But like, I do think that one of the things that the pandemic really did show us is that is how much community is in our everyday life um, because it was so removed, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, in my neighborhood, I live in Brooklyn. I, I know the people who run the grocery store down the street. I know the people who work at the coffee shop two blocks away, right? And like mm-hmm. that routine and ritual is a part of my life. And also that element of community is part of my life. And um, so I think it it becomes really clear when you don't have access to it, how um, how much community is in your everyday IRL life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I think for me as a kid, I, it's funny because I was like, so I was like a painfully shy kid, like so crazy. It's so crazy that I work in a job where I like talk to people all day and host events because you cannot have paid me to think that that would have been my job when I was a child. Um, (laughs) Humans have the capacity to change. I mean, would you still call yourself shy in moments? I would say I'm an extroverted introvert. Yeah. Okay. And I say that because I think like there are some people who get like really filled up by being around other people, you know what I mean, from an energy perspective. And there are some people who get really filled up by being alone. I sit somewhere in the middle. Yeah. For most of my life, I got filled up being alone, but now I've learned how to appreciate and get filled up being around other people in small doses. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, But anyway, back to your question. Um, I honestly, when I think about communities that I was in as a kid, like, I was I was a little bit of a theater kid, so that was definitely a part of the community for me. Um, but one of the most mm, kind of defining communities for me as a kid was actually probably my family, which sounds a bit funny because like no shit. But <laughs> I have I'm from the DC area. My whole family is in that area, like whole family and one of the thing like one of the biggest things for my family on my mom's side growing up was we had family reunions that were like 200 people when i was a child um and that was like a huge part of my life mm. um and i so even you know 
it's so funny because like, you know, you have your parents and your siblings and even your grandparents and that's the immediate, you know, but, but then you have all these other elements of like socializing when you have like extended layers of family. So I actually think that that was a huge part of community to me as a kid. Um, yeah, sounds like quite, it. quite defining, honestly. Yeah. I mean, 200 people, you know, uh, family, family gathering. That's, that's, uh, I know quite a thing I know and it's funny because they always used to happen in my and it's so it's it's funny that we're talking about this because one since the pandemic we haven't really had a family reunion but two it's really interesting because as we get older the family reunions have like really gotten so much smaller Mm. and Honestly, I don't don't even go as much because I don't live in the area anymore. I live in New York. And I have this real kind of like internal battle about that. Mm. Um, because now I'm like talking to you like you're my therapist, but I'm like, dang, I really this is really something that because um one on a personal level, like I want for my kids to experience that kind of community that I experienced in my family. Yeah. But two, I think it's such a representation of just how our world is moving, you mm. know, um, and that and and also that I'm like contributing to that. So I don't know. That's a, that's a conversation you and I can have on a different time. But well, I love it. I yeah. love it. I think it's so I think it's a perfect example and we don't have to get into the nitty gritty, but it's a perfect example of. I believe and I think you believe you've said it where we are going culturally, like we are seeing, you know, yes, highlighted and, and exacerbated in some ways by a pandemic where we were locked in, not seeing each other, afraid of each other, even yeah. right? not, not visiting family for fear of, you know, giving people um, COVID and all this stuff. Right. But the, I think it's such a beautiful and loving thing to say, like, Yes, I want my kids someday to be surrounded by people, mm-hmm. right? And like, I I remember growing up, there was a there was a certain way that my parents were kind of isolated us in some ways, mm-hmm. in in some respects, mm-hmm. and 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 that led to um, a lot of division within the family and a lot of division mm-hmm. within my own heart and mm-hmm. how I like saw other people how i saw others right how Mm -hmm. i saw different groups of people how i saw um whatever and 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 so that's i think that's problematic and and maybe it goes back to like yes we need to like hearken back to these times where yes we know we know the names and we're friends with the people at the grocery store and we and and this is the community and we see each other and we care for each other what does that look like I know. I mean, it's like, it's interesting because, I mean, I talk to my mom about this a lot. And I always like ask her about her childhood growing up because she grew up in DC in, you know, at the time, DC was like a very black city and they grew up in a black neighborhood. And it's like, at that time in like the 60s, 70s, that was such a community, like, Mm -hmm. you know, in a way that I didn't experience um, growing up as a kid. And I, you know, you have that kind of like, like, oh, I wish that I had gotten to be, I don't wish something (laughs) or some things at that time. But, but I think it's interesting just to like, see the way that, you know, we have evolved, like things have evolved in that sense. And, um, And yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting because on Geneva, one of the group types that I see most be most popular right now are like local communities. Mm -hmm. Um, So we have like a home for queer women in Philly. We have a home for black women in Philly. We have a home for girls in Philly of all types. Mm -hmm. We Mm -hmm. have... uh, Denver hikers and and 
they're so popular right now. And I think it underscores everything that we're talking about, which is in kind of the, the like beautiful combination of when these two things come together, which is like social media and like the digital landscape generally can give us such access to people all over who are interested in the same things as us. Yeah. Um, but so often that, that connection stays on our computers or on our phones. And so what we know is that people are like really craving that in person. Mm-hmm. And so it's so, so, so cool. Uh, there was um, a community called like Chicago Craft Club, which like makes me want to weep because I think it's so sweet. Um, and they have these like crafting sessions every month where they just craft together. And it's so cool to see that because I think it is, that's like the ultimate, you know, most optimistic version, idealistic version of what the online version of community can do, you know, which is like really bring people together in a way that allows them to come together in real life. And we need both. It's both and, right? Yeah. Yeah. We need that in-person human connection and we need the online stuff too. Cause yeah, that, that allows us, yeah. Like you said, to connect to people from all over the world, which is exciting and uh, perspective building and all that stuff. Yeah. Hmm. How are so you know you obviously after this you're meeting up with a new friend like how are you in addition to obviously like leading Geneva which is a digital space and are you for yourself and your sort of Brooklyn area fostering in-person community you know I'm really not (laughs) Mm. and it's funny because there's two things that I really want to do and, you know, I've been, I, I've kept saying, oh, I don't have the time. I just, I'm so busy. I don't have the time. And the reality is like, you make time for things. And I've been thinking about that a lot over the past couple of weeks um, and trying to under, trying to break down for myself. Like, it's not about having the time. It's about making it. And so mm. where, what do you want to make the time for? And also be realistic about your health and your life and all the other things that you do. Yeah. Um, but there's two things that I want to do, which are one, I really want to start a book club of like black women readers in, um, in my area. Cause I know so many who are like dying for one. And yes. so I kind of want to make my, living room into a little like salon book club that's more just, book like, clubs, a dream please yes yeah. more book clubs total like i that is the thing that'll probably take a little longer but the second thing not as not as in person not as irl but i i also am thinking about like starting a little interview series with people who are um in the neighborhood um like in the area also interested in community stuff so I don't know. Nothing quite yet. Um, but but those are the things that are floating in my brain all the yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. You're feeling the pull. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, so in the, it lasted about eight months and, you know, people got busy and stuff, but, or, and while it was occurring, it was beautiful. So like in the middle of the pandemic, I would have this thing called, uh, family or family reading hour friends and family Mm. reading hour and every sunday people would come over around 10 in the morning and we'd like i'd have a bunch of tea and coffee and things of that sort and we'd Mm. all kids families we'd come bring our own books and just read for two hours in our backyard we would just read whatever book we wanted to read and it wasn't like a book club there was no like pressure or anything and it was just it was just like intentional reading time. And I was, it was like, and I've been wanting that back because it was, first of all, I'm just obsessed like. obsessed with that. Yeah. It, it, like I love reading. Uh, yeah, from I my, see. <laughs> uh, <laughs> books are portals to empathy. And and so it on the simple level, it kept me reading, which I love reading. And then too, mm-hmm. it was just this cool thing to like r- get kids to be engaged in reading and to just take intentional time to like yeah slow down and do a thing yeah. right it's like it's like putting on a record right and just sitting down and listening to it you know front and back you know yeah. it's a, it can be a beautiful like 
mindful experience? I love that so much for so many reasons, but partially because um, those kids are probably going to, when someone asks them at 29, what communities they're they're a part of as a kid, they're probably going to think about that. I hope Um, so. Yeah. That's really cool. That's really, really cool. Well, and and I I guess I want to bring this to the listeners now is like, truly, if you have a passion, you can build community in whatever way that you want. And it could be three people, you know, around Mm -hmm. the idea around hiking one specific trail in Los Angeles or something, right? It could be very specific. It can be as broad as you want um, with the intent of whatever you want to make it, but really about connection, right? Connecting with others over this shared interest and and via our shared humanity. Yeah, a thousand percent. I, you are preaching to the choir. I (laughs) tell people that all the time. Like if you if the community that you want to be a part of does not exist, that is your call to create it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Me too. So what, you know, in terms of Geneva, like what is, are you like, where are you all at in terms of like, what are your goals? Like, what are yeah. you, do you have goals? Do you have like some big things coming up? Like what's exciting yeah. in the future for you? Yeah. So um, I guess, you know, just to set the stage at the highest level, like the way that we started building Geneva from day one and the mission was, has always been to be the messaging app for communities of all shapes and sizes. And so for us, what's that, what that has looked like is, um, you know, we have everything from like sororities, book clubs, k-pop fan clubs to creator-led communities brand ambassador programs activist communities um and kind of everything in between and so really the mission um over the coming months and and just an extension of what the mission has been since we've started building two years ago is to give communities all of the tools to create the spaces that, you know, they need or they want in the world. Um, And so to date, what that's looked like is like basically having a, what I consider like the foundation of community, which is every way to communicate, right? So Mm -hmm. you have chatting, you have posting, you have if you want to have an audio hangout with someone, if you want to have like a FaceTime feeling round table with people, if you want to have an event on a virtual event stage, you have all of that. You have built-in event calendar. You have all of the roles and permissions like we talked about. Um, and so, you know, for us, that's like the foundation of all of the things that all communities need to be able to pull from to create their space. And then as we go, it's really like layering on more tools um, to allow people to do more things with their with their members, with their people, mm-hmm. um, and that's really, I mean, at the at the highest level, that's kind of the the vision um, for how we've been building and how we we think about everything that we're we're doing. Nice, it's wonderful. Thanks, and. What's the, um, you know, you mentioned accessibility is like one of the the main sort of key tenants. Like what, is it a, co- did you pay for this? Do you pay for Geneva? No. Yeah, we're free to use. Okay. Um, so anyone can make a home on the app um, and create their space, invite their friends. Um, and the way that we'll ultimately make money is we'll of course have like a pro tier that people can like subscribe to with special stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But we'll also allow communities to have tools to layer monetization into their space. So if you have an event that you want to say you charge for access to or a room with content that you subscribe to, um, we'll, we'll in the future allow people to do that. All right. Cool. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. 
I love it. I love it. Uh, it's very yes. cool. And, and I, I'm seeing more and more of platforms like, you know, s- akin to Geneva out there, which is exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited about what this space um, looks like. And, you know, it's so crazy to say, but even just seven years ago when I started building community, like I, I had no idea what I was doing. And I, I was like, where, where are all the things that I can use to do this? Right. And so I'm excited to see the evolution of this space so that more people, um, and especially more people who aren't even, you know, community managers by day, but are doing it out of love, um, have more tools to be able to make the spaces that they want to see. Um, yeah. so. And I, it's also like to, in my mind too, what I've seen like community as like a buzzword type of thing in business, mm-hmm. right. And, in, in sort of entrepreneur lands and what you're doing. And I think what some other folks are doing is really getting to the heart of what community is rather than like, we're doing community, which, mm-hmm. which can be performative and can be like buzzwordy, right. Community, mm-hmm. the, the, the term itself like has, has a ton of applicability and application. And I, I love that Geneva and what you're doing and facilitating for others is, is ultimately about that connection and coming together. Um, yeah. Cause we're not yeah. individualist beacons of strength. Um, we're collective strength. That mush. Is, yeah. That is no, that's it. That's yeah. so true. Yeah. Hmm. Well, Kim, um, let's talk about empathy heroes. So we always kind of transition out of the show talking about people in our lives who are empathetic, compassionate, could even be characters from stories we love, Mm -hmm. movies we love. I will go first to give you a moment to think about your empathy hero. Uh, My empathy heroes this week... um, are the Feely Hikes crew. So I, I do a monthly Feely Hikes where we move our hearts and our bodies. We talk about feelings while hiking, essentially. Um, and it's wonderful. And, uh, you know, sometimes there's just a few people. Sometimes there's five to six. Uh, this last Sunday, uh, Arafat and Craig joined uh, me. And it's always lovely. It's always beautiful. And we always kind of get deep. And while we're you know, sometimes hiking with dogs and hiking in new places. And it's a, it's a beautiful, like small part of the feely human community that I've, I've fostered that I, I really love. It's one of those IRL things that I really cherish each month. So just shout out to my empathy heroes, uh, Arafat and Craig, uh, for this week. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, Oh, man. I had a couple that came to mind, to be honest. The first person that came to mind is my best friend, Gina. I tell her this all the time, but I truly do not know a more like empathetic person than her. So it's honestly, I'm truly blessed to <laughs> be best friends with her. But she is such an empathetic person in a way that I admire so much. Um so she is probably, she's the person who really comes top of mind to me. And then um, another person that I would say is, oh, it's so interesting because I've had so many conversations with like people building communities on Geneva who are so thoughtful about like building spaces for that really mean something to people. So one of the people I spoke to today who comes top of mind is um, a woman named Darian. She's a, she's a beauty journalist first and foremost, but she's also like a community builder. Um, and she's just doing really, really interesting stuff in the realm of like beauty, especially for and through the lens of black women and, you know, thinking about building community in such an intentional way in a way that is so, rooted in like something that people love and and show and that shows up for them and that they show up for Mm. um 
And I, and so I loved, I loved where her heart and brain were on that topic. And so I'll say her as well. I love it. I love it. So Gina and Darian, mm-hmm. the heroes, love it. Yeah. I mean, our communities need to be meaningful for people, right? Yes. Uh, exactly. And impactful. And yeah, I love that. That's great. Uh, okay. So Kim, where mm-hmm. can the few humans out there learn more about Geneva, connect with you, all of that good stuff? Yeah. Um, so Geneva is just at Geneva on all social media, on Instagram, on Twitter, on TikTok. So definitely check us out, send us a note. Um, and if you have questions, you can always send me a note. I am Kim at Geneva.com. I will forever share my email. I, both my work emails, I've only had two jobs. Both my work emails have been Kim at. And I really cherish that because I'm a community person. So I always am like, let's talk. Let's talk. Sure. So yeah. I'm just Kim at Geneva. Um, but also my Instagram is kimjohnson dot underscore because I have a common name. Um, but yeah, check us out and hit me up. If you're interested in community things, I'm always down to chat. Amazing. Well, listeners, all the links to Geneva and Kim to access uh, uh, the platform and and connect with Kim are in the show notes for uh, this episode at feelyhuman.co. Kim, what a lovely uh, conversation. Thank you for being a part of it. You mean? Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And to you listeners, as I always say, I'm here, you're here. We're here together on this wayward, overwhelming, awe-inspiring pale blue dot. We have each other. It's you, me, empathy. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh.